Let me just sound check this real quick. Well, that's fine. Um, hello, this is David Perlman for Conversations at the Whole Note from a busy Whole Note office during uh, November magazine production. Um, we won't hear gunshots, but we may hear the occasional ambulance on the street and uh, the occasional telephone ringing, but we'll push right through it. As And my guest, my guest is... How do we pronounce your last name? How do you prefer? Uh, Edwin... Husinger. Husinger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, Edwin Husinger, violinist, and um, very happy to have you here. It's my pleasure to be here. Here with your instrument, which of course. is a good thing. Gut strings or not gut strings? Uh, this violin that I brought out to put on the table this morning has... Uh, not gut strings, not gut. but I do have gut strings right over here to my right. Yeah. Uh, a couple of these are wound gut because I love the sound of gut. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, sometimes when I am in the occasion to perform something right away, yeah, I take up my modern violin because it takes a little bit less time to tune and uh-huh. and it stays that way for a little longer. So you you do a lot of period playing, and you also do other stuff, as as Will said. You have two violins for that? Always, yes. Always. So I I now just always perform and and tour with with a double case. Okay. I I think at the moment I'm performing about 50% uh, on my modern violin and 50% on my Baroque violin. So that's Uh really exciting for me. The, The recent recording that you did with William... Coulter? Yes. Yeah, a guitarist, steel, steel, steel string. string yeah. Is that steel and gut, or is that mm, steel and... That's steel and steel. Steel and steel, is yeah. it? Yeah, so uh-huh. that's another reason why I uh, took up this violin, because that album and that project, even though we're exploring music from all around the world, Baroque right. music, classical, Celtic, Argentinian, Bulgarian, I, I'm performing that almost exclusively on my modern violin. Of course, oh. I say modern violin, but it was made in 1826. So, mm-hmm. there oh, you that's go. that's modern. Isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and, and the project with uh, William, yes. Bill, William? Bill, I Bill. call him Bill. Call Many him people Bill. call him yeah. Bill. I love yeah. Bill. Yeah. And he, uh, and that's a, that's a project that what, gen- that sparked in, in San Francisco? Or, uh, or? You know, it actually sparked in Cleveland, of all places. Okay. We met um, because uh, a really great friend and colleague of mine, Jeanette Sorrell, who mm-hmm. is the artistic director of Apollo's Fire. Right. She actually um, suggested that Bill work with me on a project that he was uh, directing in Cleveland. Uh, with Apollo's Fire, and um, it's a longer story. Not sure if you want to hear all of it. It has to do with, eventually, believe it or not, a YouTube video that uh, of me jamming with Mike Marshall, and then that was the sort of ticket to Bill, who had not met me yet, 
understanding that I, you know, could break the boundaries of classical music and really get into fiddling and bluegrass. And uh-huh. so, uh, anyways, after that project a few years ago, we started working together more. And then this past year, we've basically dedicated uh, a lot of time together to record this album of all kinds of classical and folk repertoire and uh yeah it's coming out in just a couple of weeks fire and grace fire and grace uh, who's fire and who's grace yeah that's a great question it? Yeah. it sort of depends on the track that we're playing you know i right. i um of course i have the fiery red hair mm-hmm. um and i do a lot of dancing mm-hmm. uh while i play um but we both definitely bring some fire and grace to the equation. Mm-hmm. And you're, and he's coming here for a little series of yes. concerts yes. in November? Yes, he's coming here for a week. We're going to be performing all over Toronto. Uh, we've set up some incredibly interesting, unique performing situations. Right. Um, he, we're going to headline and start the third season of my series in Toronto called Stereo Live. That's at Campbell House, Yes, right? Campbell House Museum. and Which is kitty corner to the... The Four Seasons. Four Seasons, yeah. yeah. So, you know, when you're not, you know, when you're not busy spending, you know, a little bit more money to hear yeah. some incredible opera, mm-hmm. you can just walk across the street and hear some very intimate chamber music. Tougher ticket to get, though, isn't it? Yeah. It is. It has been. You know, yeah. we've... We've been so lucky. Uh, Keith Ham and I, who uh, run the series together, we've sold out every single show that we've done so far. And Keith's, for for the benefit of listeners, Keith's... Oh, Keith Ham is an incredible violist. Mm-hmm. He is the principal violist of the Canadian Opera Company. Right. Uh, he's also the artistic director of his own chamber music festival in Rosebud, Alberta. Oh, yeah. And uh, he's just an all-around terrific player and we love performing together which is why this series really mm. came to fruition so the series is called stereo yes? stereo live stereo live yes. and stereo being what two kinds of music or how you know there's what's a in few, the name right there's a few aspects to the name the original idea was just that you know Back in the day, you have a stereo, or maybe you still have a stereo at home, and you Mm -hmm. can listen to whatever you want. And so the stereo sort of brings you the music you want, whether it's pop or rock or classical or jazz. Mm -hmm. And so, but we're we're basically creating a series in Toronto where there's, you know, it's a live stereo. So in the sense, we're creating the situation live, but we're involving so many different genres and styles of music that I guarantee that there is something in it for everyone uh-huh. you know so each program as you were just saying about the, the fire and grace which sounds like it covers a, a huge range yes. of music yeah so one of the reasons why i'm so excited to feature fire and grace is because it basically um establishes the whole reason for the series mm-hmm. in a, in a in an album in a nutshell mm-hmm. so basically it's a way that i can sort of turn my this this series this stereo live series that is a very community um just a very important community project for me locally in toronto and then this mm-hmm. album is sort of 
the same concept, but it can be available on a global scale. Yeah. And uh, Campbell House, you seem to be on a quest for venues all the time. You, you and uh, Bill are going to three different yes. venues yeah. in, in November? Exactly. So uh, we're, it's so important for me to be, to be in a venue that feels great and has a beautiful vibe and is very inviting. And mm -hmm. so I'm, I, uh, Campbell House, you know, we've really created that. It's, you know, you walk into this gorgeous building, one of the oldest houses in Toronto. Right. Um, you walk up the stairs into the ballroom and you're invited in and you're never more than 10 feet away from the performer. Mm -hmm. And you're just sitting in this glorious room that's... Um, basically made for uh, people to hang out and enjoy themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, and then downstairs, you can go to the historic kitchen and get yourself a glass of wine or a beer. Right. And then uh, we always have a nice intermission where we uh, spend some time talking with our audiences. And then after the concert, we often end up bringing the music downstairs and having a little kitchen jam. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and then another... Uh, place that we're going to be performing is uh, I've been in touch with the Kenzona series. Oh, they, they work on the island, yes. right? Yes, so we're going to be performing on the island, and that series I've known about for a while, but it's I've never been a part of it, and I'm very excited to be because it involves a brunch mm -hmm. on the island, and then, you know, a reception and a concert, and I think it's a really beautiful way to uh, listen to music and make an outing out of it. You know, right. you really got to get on the ferry and go. Yeah. Um, and it so happens that I've been in touch with Artscape on the island, and I will be doing a, a work, uh, an artist residency there for the week, uh, for that week in November, where I'll also be performing. So that, that shows on uh, November 20th at 2 p.m. Wow. And then the third one is uh, Burdock, yeah. which is a very intimate little little space. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And and it's a bit more for like the you know the plugged in crowd. Yeah. And, uh, so will you be will you be plugged in? Yes, we will for that. Uh, and the and the okay. sound system there is great. Yeah, it is. It's a good one. Yeah, there. my friend Charlotte Cornfield uh, is responsible for booking those shows there and she's a really great person to work with and mm -hmm. and it's just a venue where again the atmosphere is so wonderful mm -hmm. there's a great restaurant next door yep. local brews in the back yeah. and I just want to create situations where people feel amazing and comfortable and can do what they want stand up sit down have a drink relax do you think people will stumble across a show like that there? Or do you think it's still going to be mostly people who know about it finding their way there? Because it's that's an interesting topic, the whole business of traditionally the concert is you bring people to the music, but then there's this whole other impulse of how do we take the music to people, right? which is a different kind of, uh, different kind of thing. I know somewhere I read... Uh, Revolution Cafe or yes. Cafe Revolucion. I don't yeah. know exactly what it was called in San Francisco, right? Yes, I'm. Uh, I'm one of the founding members of that project, actually. The Classical Revolution yes. project, and it started at Revolution Cafe on mm -hmm. the corner of Twenty Second and Mission in in San Francisco, and that was one of those places where 
I moved there for a master's degree, yeah. and then m- some friends and I decided to just play quartets and quintets and chamber music there every Sunday night. Oh yeah, until you know forever. <laughs> yeah, plug, but not plugged. Not in. plugged in. It's uh-huh. a very small cafe, and uh-huh. we more often than not get into the situation where you know we're in the middle of a Brahms sextet and people are pin drop quiet because they can't believe their ears yeah you know and we had a great um joe a great friend of mine joe was the bartender in 2008 when we began this project and he was one of those people that was like you know every now and then if things got a bit rowdy he would he would just stop the stop the concert so to speak and say hey guys you if you if you if you want to have a really loud conversation somewhere There's, you know, 5,000 bars in San Francisco, (laughs) but this one, we're here to share some incredible music. So, but, you know, over the years, it just became one of these places that on Sunday night, you can, you can just go hear some incredible stuff. Do you change your attitude as a performer to what constitutes listening on the part of an audience? I mean, there's a whole tradition of, you know, if you can't hear a pin drop, I'm entitled as a performer to glare at you, you know, look disapprovingly at the person who's unwrapping the cough drop and that kind of thing. But does it, do you have to change your attitude when you're taking music into spaces with a, a kind of live and accidental acoustic or, or what? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, for, for me, the audience and what happens and the situation is a game. So... I mean, it is so fun to be in a situation where there's a conversation that starts while you're performing because you then, I, I always go into overdrive. Oh, yeah. And I just start focusing on my craft to like a 200% level of focus. And I try to just, you know, put out the energy that, that yeah. this is just unbelievable stuff. And, and then, you know, you try to draw in your other mm-hmm. performers and then... You know, more often than not, I would say that the conversation that started, you yeah. know, comes to a halt because there's a different energy and all yeah. of a sudden people are like, wait a second. Well, as soon as you realize it's not 200% volume, it's 200% focus. That's a big difference because yeah. you'll often get performers just trying to go louder over the top and then the conversation gets louder to get back over the top of the performance you've got to find a way of coming in under it and yes changing their focus eh? yeah oh absolutely and you know there's so many moments where we're doing a Haydn string quartet in in cafes or 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 clubs and you know people are we we go to the second movement and people oh we better not play this this Mm -hmm. andante and then you know, I'm, I say, yeah, we absolutely should play this on Dante. And it starts perhaps incredibly soft and you, you can draw people in because yeah. those movements are, you know, they're not as fiery and flashy, yeah. but the, the story is there. Yeah. So where in Toronto is classical revolution type activity happening for people who want to look for it? Well, uh, I was part of organizing a lot of those um, experiences and uh, shows I guess Um, and I just have been on tour so much recently that I I haven't been able to organize 
so many events like that. Mm-hmm. A friend and colleague of mine, Aaron Schwabel, has been organizing events of the same type of situation where you mm-hmm. have reading sessions. So they are still happening around the city. Right now, I'm not uh, having a regular one, which yeah. I'm... It's it's unfortunate, but there's just not enough time in the day. You yeah, know? Yeah. Um, but a couple of years ago, I did manage to organize a uh, pretty incredible sort of larger version of Classical Revolution where I put an orchestra together and oh, yeah. got my colleague um, James Gaffigan, who's an incredible right. conductor. He was here for a week with the Toronto Symphony and he offered to give me one of his nights off. Huh. And so I brought him to the Transac. Oh, and we went to the Transac. And we got okay. the big room in the back. Oh, yeah. And we had about 30 or 40 performers. Mm-hmm. And we read a symphony. And it was unbelievable. And yeah. my, my friend and colleague, also Misha Bruger Grossman, she yeah. came by and, and sang. Well. So it was, you know, I, I really want to keep organizing things like yeah. this. But as you as you know, and you can imagine, it just takes an unbelievable amount of time and you have to, you know, send out so many emails and say, look, this, I think this yeah. is going to be an incredible idea. Do you know, uh, were you familiar with what Simon Cape and Euphonia were doing in town? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cause they were doing much of the same kind of impulse and going to Lula lounge. Uh, they did a Mahler symphony uh, one instrument to a part at Lula Lounge that was really fascinating. Yes. And they did a reading here at Center for Social Innovation. Oh, wow. Um, two, two Octobers ago, I think, where, again, you had that vibe of musicians actually... Uh, really edgy experience where you're reading, but you're reading in front of an audience, and it's got a whole different kind of energy to it. Eh? Yes. Did you meet Gaffigan at... Oberlin I did in, when you were you went there after was that where you did your undergraduate it is yeah Oberlin is almost exclusively an undergraduate school is it huh? basically yes and it's what east of Cleveland or yeah it's about yeah. 25 miles outside of Cleveland uh-huh and uh, a school that has a really strong music focus to it yes the conservatory uh, at Oberlin is is I think one of the best in the world. I mean, it's just such a unique experience. Uh-huh. The the faculty is incredible. You know, you're in the middle of nowhere, so that helps. You're really practicing, and yeah. and also the people there. You know, everything that happens is either organized by the school or the student body. So right. you are, you know, talk about classical revolution. I I used to just have people over at my house right. or my apartment and invite people over. And we have this incredible um, recording and, and memory of performing the Brahms clarinet quintet and in, in, in our living room with one of my best friends, uh, Sasha, on clarinet and the it was silent in the room. Everyone loved it except for all these little moments where people were opening a beer <laughs> just that that incredible sound of yeah. and and it was just like people having so much fun and oh i'm a little thirsty i hope this yeah. is okay did you overlap with allison melville at oberlin yes yeah, yeah she was also but there she on faculty there. yeah and the two of you were on stage for Tafel's opening concert just a couple of weeks we back. were yes yeah. Yeah, I I mean, Tafel Music is such a great organization. I love performing with them. I think I've been, you know, 
performing with them on and off for almost eight years now, which is pretty incredible. You're going to be doing a lot with them this season? No, not this season. Um, they've been working really hard on finding a new artistic director. And yep. So some of the, uh, because I'm a, I'm a sub with them, right. they're, they've been inviting me uh, with less and less notice because I think they're dealing with a lot of change. And so mm -hmm. my schedule you know, as I, as I do more of my own projects is, is filling up. Right. So, um, this year, my focus in the Baroque part of my life, um, not broken part, but my Baroque part uh, is acronym actually. If it's Baroque, don't fix <laughs> yes, it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that my, the Baroque part of my life is going to be focused on acronym, which is sort of a project that stemmed from a bunch of friends from Oberlin. Oh yeah. And now we're a 12 piece Baroque ensemble performing unknown works uh, from mostly from Germany and Italy. Uh, Is that out of New York? Or? It's based in New York, yes. Yeah. So you're back and forth, but you still call this home, right? I do. I call Toronto home. I have a beautiful apartment just next to Trinity Bellwoods. And uh, uh, I'm, you know, I was born in Canada and I love it here. And Commuting from Guelph from age 14 is what I read. It's know? true, yes. To the Royal Conservatory Young Artist Program. Yes, it was uh -huh. at the time it was called Yappa. Yappa. And I mm -hmm. um okay. and now they've undergone change of course and uh Is that I what they call the Phil and Eli Taylor program these days or who Sure. Who knows? I I really don't know. <laughs> yeah. But it gave me the opportunity to study yeah. with the legendary Marcus Furious, uh, Mark otherwise Fure. known as, yes, Mark yeah. Fury. Huh. And you, uh, you picked up a violin, what, at five or yes. thereabouts? Yeah, my mom handed me a violin. and She had a violin to hand you, did you? Well, I'm, I'm assuming she had to go find one, oh, a yeah? very small so one. So it wasn't like music in the house and everybody playing stuff? No, not really. No? My parents both loved music. My sister uh, was a was studying piano at the time, mm -hmm. and uh, but yeah, they thought it would be really great to have a violin, and well, started playing when I was five, and I, I never stopped. Stuck, hey? yeah, yeah, stuck. Yeah. Huh. What's the first thing you learned? The first thing that I learned, <laughs> oh, probably how to. You know how to stand properly yeah yeah but i meant the first piece of music oh, <laughs> i think it was most likely twinkle you know probably yeah. i uh i started uh yeah i started with the suzuki school oh yeah my, in guelph yeah my first teacher was linda drennan oh yeah and then a couple years later maybe the variation <laughs> but uh, are there any other tunes, or are they all basically that one? Uh, they're all basically the same, and just notes are in different orders. And do you find memorizing easy, or do you? How much does it work with you? Because you were talking about Tafel, and obviously some of their most challenging projects over the last couple of years have been this off-book memorized right. work, mostly uh, Alison Mackay's projects. Oh my goodness. They are the most incredible projects. Uh, memorizing for me is is not so difficult. Mm -hmm. um, it it really inspires a, a really great level of focus when you're learning the repertoire, and it mm -hmm. really forces you to learn other people's parts, which in chamber uh -huh. music 
is just so important. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been lucky enough to tour the Galileo Project with Tafel Music oh, you have, yeah. uh, all over the world, including Asia and, and of course, in Toronto, our home. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so incredible to see everyone communicate at that level. And sometimes now when we perform on, you know, on book or with music, yeah. it's frustrating to me because I'm constantly serving all of my colleagues yeah. and me, where is everyone's eyes? Let's do this. I want to make yeah, magic. Yeah. And then, you know, it's different because it's when you put something in front of your face, yeah. you know, you want to look at it. I mean the best case example for that is you know the the 2016 epidemic of the cellular telephone yeah you know and you know you're walking down the street and everywhere and people are just staring at it yeah so you know if someone came out with some very unique piece of music maybe everyone would just you know have one in their pocket and stare at it yeah, the more dangerous will be Google Glass where oh. you think they're looking at you and they're oh, still staring dear. at the screen. That'll be scary. Yeah. Um, are you doing uh, Are you doing Opera Atelier uh, with Tafel this time? Uh, no. No. It's another project that I just wasn't able to work around this yeah. year. Um, and I'm really sad. I've been working with Opera Atelier from the beginning and... Um, you went to Versailles. Yes. The last one. Hey? Every time so yeah. far, yeah. And wow. so probably for the first time, I will not be going to Versailles yeah. uh, with them. Um, but I've, you know, we, I've been able to go three times, and it's been just a magical experience every mm-hmm. one of those times. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Marshall is one of the reasons I'm performing with Tafel Music today, because uh a really great friend and colleague of mine, Amber Braid, yep. who's actually now performing uh, at the COC yep. in Arian Dante. Yep. Um, she and I went to do went to San Francisco to do a master's degree together. Then uh. we came back to Toronto, uh, and she mentioned uh, my name to Marshall, and I ended up playing just a, a very short excerpt of a Bach uh, prelude um, in E major. Mm-hmm. Just this one. Yeah. And it was for a uh, a fundraiser for Opera Atelier. And then I believe the story goes, Marshall sent an email to Jean Lamont and said, have you heard this guy play? Yeah. It's not bad. <laughs> you know, <and laughs> not bad's good. <laughs> not bad is good for yeah. me. Okay. That's great. So, yeah. So it's it's an amazing, you know, family of people that are in, in Toronto making music and uh, my partnership with Opera Atelier is definitely not over. Yeah. We're constantly discussing things, and uh, I think there's going to be some fun, uh, some fun things in the mix in the coming years, but mm-hmm. we'll see when that uh, With when that them happens. coming to you, not just you going to them. Exactly, maybe. yeah. Some of these other more intimate venues where you can't believe the power of the music because it's in your face. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exciting yeah. stuff. Very well, I'm glad you came in today. Yes, me too. Yeah, this is excellent. And so in November, Campbell House, St. Andrews on the island, Burdock, which is Bloor and what, Ossington? Or yeah, a little west? further west, but yeah, further basic, west. basically that. Okay. Yeah, and we're going to be performing like some pretty incredible repertoire. And I do want to say one quick thing with Bill and I. We come from so many different worlds or two different worlds i guess and 
it's our album and the show's coming up is going to be such an interesting combination of of classical and, and folk and one of our big projects on this album and and for our future together in this next year is we've come up with a incredible duo version of the Bach D minor partita so that's on the album and I found a score of Schumann's oh, yeah. of piano accompaniment to the to all the Bach sonatas and partitas um, huh. and uh, so I gave it to Bill and he you know created a version for guitar and so we've been working with that idea and then it, we're calling it the liquid gold suite uh, and so we start with Alamond uh, uh, together uh, oops I'm hitting my bow here on the uh, on the table and then you know after the Alamond we go into a fiddle tune and then back into And it's just a really fun exploration of, uh-huh. of this stuff. And it's my idea of, well, it's our idea of music is dance. And right. music is, is emotion. And, like, you know, you could be the biggest, you know, Celtic music lover that's never even heard Bach. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you just want to get up and dance to it. Because you're it's a dance. To, you're more likely to understand it with your feet than some classical exactly. musicians. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I'm just really excited. And we're doing some really interesting Bulgarian music, you know, which is in 11. So you're going one, two, one, two, one, two, three, one, two, one, two. Of course, it doesn't sound as good without the without, guitar. But without the continuum. Uh, yeah, back, exactly. The whole back line in one six-stringed instrument, right? Exactly. So, but it's it's a really exciting project, and I'm 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 thrilled about it. And I actually also just set up a pre-order link on my website for okay. the album if anyone's interested. Go with the commercial website being. Uh, my name dot com dot com. And then there's the fact that a friend of mine who now moved to Germany, she said to me once, how, you know, that's a bit complicated, you know, your name and how do you spell it? So she bought a, a domain name for me called BigRedViolin.com. So if you, if you go there, you'll be linked directly to my site as well, which Big is kind of fun. Big Red Violin, and for people who catch you at a Tafel concert, you're... The big red violin in the back row next to Julie Wedman at the, or whoever. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Yes. We'll Thank talk you. again. Okay. My pleasure being here with you today. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>